When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. We're rolling along. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Lots of good stuff already today. We had hilarious dueling rants. We've had a lot of conversation about Aaron Judge and the home run record. We'll get back to that with Robert Stanberry, only the third. He'll join me live in about 15 minutes. Um, We had some time for some phone calls earlier today. Back to some football here. Uh, and before anything else, again, my reminder, my question of the day on my Twitter page at ESPN Greeny, where if you are not following me right now, you're making a huge mistake. Just get on there because I do a, I'm doing a ton of stuff on Twitter right now. And we just if we're going to continue this conversation. It's a lot more efficient if you would just get on. So if you're on Twitter, follow me at ESPN Greeny. And the question of the day is, which of these 0-1 teams with Super Bowl aspirations is actually going to miss the playoffs this year? Who you got? The Bengals, the Packers. Or the Rams, jump on there, cast your vote. you got about 40 minutes. I'll tell you which one I think is the right answer towards the end of the hour. In the meantime, what's going on, Nuno? Not much, Greeny. Nuno is a unique personality. There's just that je ne sais quoi. He puts notes on all of the games into the Google Doc for me. I'm definitely a savant. And I like it. I just enjoy it. Nuno's Notes. Ah, uh, sure. Let's do it. So Nuno's notes in the Google Doc are awesome, and every now and again, he will throw in something that really makes me think. So if you were following what was happening in the, you know, the football news on Sunday morning before the games, the Shefties of the world will always on Sunday morning have a bunch of stories. There's just a bunch of stories out there. They do them on the Sunday morning countdown show, and, and, and then they'll talk about them and all that kind of stuff. And one of the stories that came out was about the offer that the Ravens had given to Lamar Jackson that he obviously didn't accept because they had made a decision uh, and announced it. The Ravens took the step of announcing in a statement last Friday that they and Lamar were not able to come to terms on an extension and he's going to play this year on the final year of his rookie deal. I didn't think a lot of that story Sunday from Shefty. I'm getting ready for kickoff and doing a bunch of other things. Oh, those are the details on the Lamar contract. I I didn't really stop and think about it. But good for Nuno making me look at it differently because Nuno wrote a note saying the Ravens leaking a BS $250 million deal doesn't sit well with me. And more importantly, I think this will impact their relationship with Lamar. I thought that was a very interesting little note from Nuno. And I would put it together with Diana Russini going on NFL Live. And Diana's as plugged in as anybody and saying, if you think that all is totally well in Baltimore, you may not be right. The Baltimore Ravens did offer Lamar Jackson a five, six-year deal worth about $250 million, $133 million at signing. We know that's very different than what Deshaun Watson got at signing. He got it all guaranteed money, right? So 133 guaranteed. So I talked to Lamar about it. First, just asked him if that was the offer, and he said, yeah, I turned that down. There was actually some other things in the contract that – 
had more value. And he still didn't agree that that was what he was worth. He's very transparent. He's just said, that's just not the number I'm willing to sign for. And when I asked him if he was going to continue playing the rest of this season without a deal in place for next year, he just told me, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. I think this is getting very interesting. And I'll tell you why. Because I have used this phrase a couple of times over the last few weeks. The contract the Browns gave Deshaun Watson is such an outlier. It's so different from everything that anyone else has done. And we all understand why they did it. Because they were desperate. They wanted him that badly. They were willing to do literally everything. They were willing to go places that no NFL team had ever even approached before in order to get him to choose them over Atlanta, New Orleans, Carolina, wherever else it was he really wanted to be. But no matter how much an outlier something is, it is also a precedent. So I'm on Lamar's side. Like, Lamar Jackson has been better than Deshaun Watson. Now, if, if before all of this stuff happened with Deshaun Watson, before all of the allegations and, and off-the-field stuff happened, you, if you listen to my show, watched Get Up on TV, you know I'm a huge fan of Deshaun's play. He's an unbelievably good player. And I frequently said if, you had, if he had been drafted by Kansas City instead of Mahomes, that we'd be talking about Watson as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time right now, not Mahomes. And I still believe that to be true. And I still believe he's a great player. But to this point, it is indisputable that Lamar Jackson has accomplished more as an NFL player than Deshaun Watson has. He's been an MVP, gone to the playoffs more, won a playoff game. He's done a lot of stuff Deshaun hasn't done. And he also doesn't have any of the off-the-field baggage, I mean, luggage, I mean, it, it, enormous off-the-field stuff that Deshaun does. I never know the right way to phrase all of that. You know what I'm getting at. Deshaun Watson has major, major, major off-the-field stuff, and Lamar Jackson has been nothing but a model citizen from the second he set foot in Baltimore. So I have no issue with him saying, look, you can say all you want. That's an outlier. I don't care. They gave it to him. And if so, that's the market. The market says a great quarterback is worth that. And so I think Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and all those guys, that's what they're going to want to get. If I'm their agent, that's what I'm telling the teams they should get. So I, I, I'm on Lamar's side. Now, do I think he will hold in as the season goes on, feign an injury or whatever? I don't know. I've never met Lamar Jackson in my life. Um, and, and just the football fan in me hopes not because he's an extraordinary player and it's fun watching him play. But I'm fully on his side. And I agree. If that, if that is, as Nuno put it, if they're leaking the details of that the week the season starts to try and curry favor on their side, that's, I don't like the way that feels either. So maybe Nuno is just overly negative, but I'm sort of on his side with that one as well. All right, one other thing I wanted to mention before I get Buster in here. You know, we all know the game isn't over till it's over. So next time you need parts for your car, don't call it quits. Go to eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts to take your car into overtime. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. The scoop. Well, so yesterday my phone blew up with people saying, hey, there are quotes from Giselle about her situation with Brady. And if you listen to the show or you watch Get Up, you know I do not like to go there. I've had a policy 
my own personal policy. Uh, going back to my days as a reporter covering the Bulls uh, in the 90s, during which time I saw any number of things while I was covering them that would have been interesting to the audience, but was none of anybody's business. I've always believed only to the extent that these things impact the performance, impact the team, impact the game, impact sports, are they my business to talk to talk about on the air. Uh, and then all this stuff with Tom and Giselle, I, I feel strongly that way. Whatever's going on with them, that's their business. It's their life. This is a married couple. They have kids. They have, this is their world. This is, has nothing to do, unless it does have something to do with the game, it doesn't. Now, his taking the 11 days off and everything, that blurred that line. Because it became impossible to ignore the fact that this might be a factor in how the greatest player of all time and a player upon whom a great deal is expected this year is going to play. So I was interested. So in an article in L, Giselle talked about Brady's desire to continue playing. And this is an interview that apparently took place many, many weeks ago. So while it wasn't available to the public until yesterday, this is not something she said yesterday. I think it's important to point that out. But anyway, what she said was, obviously, I have my concerns. This is a very violent sport. And I have my children, and I would like him to be more present. I've definitely had those conversations with him over and over again. But ultimately, I feel that everybody has to make a decision that works for them. He needs to follow his joy, too. And all I could think to myself is, this is one of those moments that I do not wish I was that level of famous. You know, you look at guys like Brady or Giselle, you look at, I'm going to use married couples now, like Jay-Z and Beyonce, but, but anyone, any individually incredibly famous person, like it just can't be easy to have that be your life. Because all of us have gone through whatever levels it is that we've gone through in our personal lives. And to have it play out this publicly incredible ways like I'm not talking about movie stars who have these you know phony baloney magazines and all that kind of that's all nonsense I, I think that's easy to sort of laugh off but when you're having whatever it is that's going on between the two of them play out as publicly as this is playing out that just can't be easy so I find myself feeling bad for it like when, when I read that specific quote from her he needs to follow his joy too That just sounds like a person who loves another person and is really struggling with the fact that what they want is not always the same. Like, I've been married 25 years, and the one thing I can tell you is I always say, you can disagree on all the small things. Where do you want to have dinner tonight? What kind of movies do you like? Those are all nothing. But you cannot have a happy union. You cannot have a happy partnership if you do not agree on the really big things, whatever those might be. Is religion a priority for you? Is education a priority? The the, the way you're going to live your life, the the important things, the things that are are, are core essential to your being, if you and your partner do not have those in common, then I don't see how you make that work. And so that's what this kind of felt like to me. And the fact that she had to say that publicly, and again, I would never read it to you except that she said it to Elle magazine, so she's putting it out there. That just it just made me feel bad. Like that's a real that's a real issue. They're having real life issues, and the fact that she is the most famous model in the world and he is the greatest quarterback of all time doesn't make a damn bit of difference when they're alone in a room and they're trying to figure this stuff out. And their kids have to read it, and their kids have to deal with it, and everything. And it's one of those times where I thought to myself, you know, you can envy him all you want, you can envy LeBron James all you want, you can envy 
I don't know, Cristiano Ronaldo, whoever the name, the most famous people you can think of. Sometimes I don't envy them at all. That has to be an excruciating way to be living out a complicated situation in your life. So those are the thoughts that I had as I read that yesterday. It, it genuinely made me feel bad. All right, as we continue next, a complete change in the topic. Uh, Buster only will jump in here with a baseball player on the doorstep of history. We need to figure out what it's going to mean. And Robert will help us do that right after this on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Michael K. the call as Aaron Judge continues to climb toward the record book, and that creates an incredibly complicated and fascinating situation as far as I'm concerned. And so my man Robert Stanberry, only the third, jumps in with us here on ESPN Radio to help me sort it out. Buster, it's been too long, and you know I'm fascinated by this, and now it's starting to get real. He hits two home runs last night. He is making a real move toward Maris. So give everybody a preview if who has not heard your podcast and, and all the rest of that, when you come on here the, with me the day after he hits his 62nd home run, what are you going to say about Aaron Judge? I'm going to say that he is the holder of the American League record, which Maris currently holds, and that in the eyes of a lot of fans, uh, in the hearts of a lot of fans, that he's the best single-season home run hitter ever because the PD links to Mark McGuire, to Sammy Sosa, to Barry Bonds, uh, and that, uh, you know, as far as they're concerned, Judge will have reached his record cleanly in a way that those other guys didn't. And that's whether you agree with that perspective or not. I've told you in the past, I voted for Barry Bonds and McGuire and Sosa for the Hall of Fame. A lot of fans are going to feel that way 
once Judge climbs the mountain. Right. And, and so here's what I said earlier here, Bust, because I've been starting to think about this a lot. Both things can be true, which is to say, I'm with you. I believe Bonds, I believe that Maguire, and I believe that Sosa do belong in the Hall of Fame. I also believe that it would be a very good thing for the sport to make the record book feel a little more relevant again. Let's face it, those guys, and we all understand how they did it, took the record to a place that it'll never be approached. No baseball player outside of those three guys in that little, whatever it was, seven-year span ever got close to 70 home runs. I mean, never even sniffed it and are never going to. So the idea that you could try and, while not suggesting that those guys don't belong in the Hall of Fame, but that that we could create something in the record book that somehow distinguishes them and allows someone like Judge to be making a run at Maris, I I don't know that that's impossible. And if they can figure out a way to do it, I, for one, I think I'd be in favor of doing it. No, I don't think you can do it. Because I think once you start pulling on those threads, then a lot of history begins to fall apart uh, for baseball. If you were to somehow put an asterisk uh, next to any of those numbers that were, you know, generated by any players from the steroid era, then the question becomes, okay, well, if you're going to take away the hitters records, then what do you do with the pitching records? If you're going to, you know, diminish the pitching records, what do you do with the team records? Are we going to look at these uh, individual teams, the Oakland Athletics, the Bash Brothers, you know, as being legitimate. Uh, other clubs that had a lot of steroid guys, which is why I think baseball has run from that conversation. Uh, but what I do think you can say, you know, not only would Aaron Judge, is, is Aaron Judge going to be the all-time leader in home runs in a single season in the American League, I think you can make a legitimate argument, because I believe in the progression of athletes and the, the difficulty of the sport, that he would be the single greatest uh, home run hitter in a season because hitting in this era is more difficult than it's ever been with all the pitching changes and all the relievers and all these guys trained to throw 100 miles per hour. Uh, as great as Bonds was, as great as Sosa was, as great as McGuire was, I believe that what Judge is doing in, in this season is the greatest thing that I've seen covering baseball by a hitter. Well, Greeny and Buster, and, and the evidence of that, is that he has 20 more home runs than Kyle Schwarber, who has the second most yeah. in the sport this year. And I gave this stat earlier, but I can't say this enough times. Yesterday marks the first time that a player finished a day with a lead of 20 or more home runs since the final day of the 1928 season when Babe Ruth <laughs> had 54 and Jim Bottomley and Hack Wilson each had 31. I mean, that he's lapping the field, Buster. It, 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 I think if they can find some way to officially recognize that, it would be a good thing. Yeah, and I think we'll, we'll be talking about that, and we're going to be talking about the, the number of pitchers against uh, whom he is homered this year being so significantly greater because of the strategy, the parade of relievers, uh, you know, driven by the analytics of the sport. Um, it, it is remarkable that he's being handled in this way. Now, I would say this, uh, you know, in this era, a lot of managers believe uh, that it's you're better off not pitching around hitters. So, you know, Barry Bonds had a staggering number of intentional walks in the year that he uh, he set the single-season record in the National League. I want to say it's something in the range of 80 intentional walks, whereas Aaron Judge is like one-sixth or one-seventh of that. So he's had an opportunity to swing the bat in the way Bonds didn't in the year in which he broke the record. Well, let me ask you two other quick things, Buzz, because I know you need to go off. The Baseball Tonight podcast, obviously awesome, um, and I know you need to go record that in a few minutes. Um, 
the American League MVP race. Is it over? I believe it is. Now, it's interesting. If you were to apply the standard that we said last year that, you know, Tani, because of his ability to generate production as both a pitcher and a hitter, should be the runaway MVP award winner. It's interesting. The Yankees' collapse, I think, is cemented Judge's place because Judge has single-handedly, mm-hmm. to this point, saved the Yankees from the greatest collapse of any team in the history of baseball, seeing their league go from 15 and a half games to where it is now. I think that's right. They're currently six games up, but um, what did it get down? As close as four? Is, is what, and there was that series in Tampa where he scored every one of their yeah. runs and they won one of those games. I mean, if the, if the V in MVP means anything, then he has to win. He has to be the voter. I'm not in any way trying to diminish Otani. He's a, he's, a, he's a unicorn. It's insane what he is doing, but... Judge is single-handedly carrying a team that is playing incredibly meaningful games every single day. That has to matter in this conversation. And then the last one, Buster, and you know my producer, Nuno Teixeira, who is my vice president not only of Yankee fandom but of extraordinary pessimism and negativity. He is convinced, (laughs) convinced that Judge is going to break the record and then he's going to sign someplace else this offseason. Is he right? Uh, I think, like most people in baseball, and I've gone back and forth in this during the year, that he will find his way back to the Yankees. But I will say this. I believe the Yankees are going to remain disciplined. They're not going to wave the white flag and suddenly offer him $100 million more than the 213 and a half they offered him back in April. And the question, the opportunity will be there for some owner of another team, maybe it's the Giants, to jump in and say, you know what, we want that guy to be the face of our franchise Here's $350 million. Uh, If the Yankees do that, then I think this situation is going to be a lot like when Albert Pujols left the Cardinals. We all assumed Albert would go back to St. Louis, and you know what? He landed with the Angels because Artie Moreno blew their offer out of the water. That opportunity will be there for some team in the wintertime. It's worth reminding everyone who doesn't follow it day in, day out, the judge is 30 years old. So this is is – You know, the 10 years stuff, I understand how that scares people when you're dealing with a player who's not 24, 25, who's 30 years old. So I I get the hesitation, but I don't know. There's also a side of me that says, if you're not going to pay that guy right now, who the heck are you going to pay? So we'll see where it goes. All right, again, Buster, baseball tonight is the podcast, and as we work our way here towards the playoffs, Bust, we'll be doing this a little more frequently here. Thanks for a few minutes, my friend. I'll see you soon. Greeny, I always love it. All right, that's Buster Olney. Again, the Baseball Tonight podcast is terrific. Um, Something will happen this weekend in the NFL that hasn't happened a year and a half. It will happen regardless of who wins a game. I'll explain what that is coming up after this word from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is here for you, and they're always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, along with 24-7 support, experienced staff, and curbside pickup at over 250 local branches. You can get free access to product specialists ready to help you track down hard-to-find items. Plus, Granger's commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop on by. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. But I thought in just the moment that we have here, we could just enjoy that Chris Mad Dog Russo rant one more time. I had such joy listening to that earlier. Chris Mad Dog Russo, as only he can, going off on Nathaniel Hackett's end of game management for Denver and then going all sorts of other places. Just feast your ears on this. I don't know what these guys do when they're sitting, you know, breaking down plays at 3 o'clock in the morning in some locked-up closet in the middle of the wintertime in godforsaken hellholes like Green Bay. My God, what a disaster for him. Boy, if his parents were watching that in New Hampshire, they'd be vomiting in the middle of the night. That was a disgrace. Have a clue, son. I couldn't believe it. And then he's arguing with the officials when the game is over. Jeez, you know what you do? Go into the locker room, apologize to your team, and then face the media and say three words. I screwed up. Get out Frontier and fly back to Denver. And yes, I do have Denver for an over a 10 for the year, if you must know. Another fat guy pick. Fat Rob. Oh, my God almighty. Rob doesn't have a pot to pee in either, and he's going to Prairie, Nebraska to play golf all weekend. There's a guy that, you know, running flipping burgers in Rapid City. He's going to go golf for three days. Oh, my God. Same thing with Dory. Meanwhile, I can't get my Social Security account organized, which has me annoyed. Where is my statements? Nathaniel Hackett. What a dope. That, that, that is the greatest minute in the history of broadcasting, Nuno. I, I know that you edited part of it together because it was part of an 11-minute rant. So I know he didn't just say those things sequentially in a minute four, but that is still the best. That's my favorite 64 seconds that we've ever had on this show. It's it's amazing that like poor fat Rob is flipping burgers somewhere and getting and getting shots at, uh, you know, uh, Mad Dog's taking shots at him. It's amazing that that he can just go on for those 11 minutes. And it includes everything: social security, frontier, uh, his poor uh, Hackett's poor parents in the, in New Hampshire. Takes a shot at godforsaken places like Green Bay. Just everything catches a stray when it's Mad Dog. No one is safe. His, for those who don't know, Nathaniel Hackett's father was a famous football coach, Paul Hackett. Um, who was a, an offensive coordinator primarily in the NFL, but he was a head coach in college. I think he was the coach of USC, right? He was the coach of USC at one time. Um, so anyway, they're not random. Fat Rob, maybe a little more so. We continue in 15 seconds. Where is my statements? So we have spent a lot of this morning uh, listening to Mad Dog Russo, who went on an 11-minute rant about Nathaniel Hackett's coaching at the end of the game on Monday night that, in typical Mad Dog fashion, just went a million different places. And he ends it by saying this. Meanwhile, I can't get my Social Security account organized, which has me annoyed. Where is my statements? Nathaniel Hackett. What a dope. It's just, it's priceless. But Nuno, here's, how old is Chris? Because I, I know Chris not well. I, you know, we've become friendly over the, the more recent years. 
But how old? Do you, I don't have social security statements. Do you have social security? Like, yeah, everyone does, has social security statements. What's that? Everyone has social security. Statements. What do you mean statements? You get a statement from social security. Yeah, you can check it anytime. Yeah, it's, you check it. You can. I know. I think you can go online if you uh, when you open, uh, create an account and actually look at what you know you've. You know, put accrued? into of no, crude, I get it. Yes. Like every, I understand. Yes. No, I, 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 don't get me wrong. I know what Social Security is, and I know that they take it out of my check every week or whatever else it is. But like, I don't get a separate statement from the Social Security. Like, what statements is he talking about? They will send you one, like say, "Hey, you've accrued this." So you if have you to were, ask for that, no, they normally just send it to you, and it would be like, "Oh, so if you retire at." 65 this is what you're going to get your monthly payment if you require uh, retire at you know 62 and take an early retirement this is what you're going to get i'm not getting those statements well I, mine i see it all online now i'm not getting it sent to me anymore maybe so that's i think maybe that's issue. what he's having the issue is like it's online you have to create an account and like you know like once a year you can go in and check in yeah same thing you can see how much money's been in there so far and so i'm my, my guess is for him he's getting like locked out and he can't get into his Social Security account. Meanwhile, can't I can't get my Social statements. Security account organized, which has yeah. me annoyed. Where is my statements? Right. Nathaniel Hackett. What a dope. <laughs> yeah. and, and Chris will be 63 in October, by the way. Okay, yeah. So, I, don't, I mean, I don't even know at what age you can start collecting Social Security. Uh, I, I'm lost. You can take all... an early retirement at 62. The 62. Okay. So, there you have it. So, that's, so, you said we learned something here today. I like that. Anyway, Chris, a genius. I mean, that, those are the words of a genius. No, no human being alive could put together those thoughts Seven seconds. That's the greatest seven seconds. I've never had. I've been on broadcasting 35 years. I've never had seven better seconds than this. Meanwhile, I can't get my Social Security account organized, which has me annoyed. Where is my statements? Nathaniel Hackett. What a dope. Nathaniel Hackett. What a dope. Comes after where's my statements. I know I'm overdoing it, but I can't stop laughing. It's hilarious. Okay. Speaking of which. Nathaniel Hackett apologized and made it wrong. I'm sorry, what? 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 I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I meant to say made it worse. He made it worse. Did you hear his explanation for how he coached the end of that game? He made it a thousand times worse. Listen to this. You know, looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. Um, just not, not, you know, one of those things. You look back at it and you say, of course we should go for it. We missed the field goal. Um, but in that situation, we had a plan. I mean, we had a plan. We knew that the 46 was the mark, and uh, we got there, and it didn't work. It sucks, but, hey, that's part of it. Okay, see, I, to me, that makes it worse. Your plan was to get to the 46-yard line. I understand that. So if you get to the 46-yard line, and there's three seconds left in the game, and you spike it, then rather than throwing a Hail Mary, you try and kick a field goal. I get that. That's the plan. That's what he's talking about. With a minute left on the clock and three timeouts, choosing a 64-yard field goal because the 46 was your plan above all the other options. He's acting like there was no other choice. I think in that explanation, Nuno, I think he makes it worse. You tell me. No, I do, I do too. I think it's like, hey, we should have. We should have gone for it. That's the end of the, the statement. Right. We versus, should have gone for it. Yes. And where are my social security statements? <laughs> where it's like, hey, yeah, let's get to the 46 for a guy who's never done that. By the way, and I forgot who, which analyst had said it, that, oh, you're not doing this in, I think it was Graziano, you're not doing this in Denver. You're doing this in Seattle. So, you know, you don't have that extra help that you get in Denver. So I just think he misplayed it. 
and then, look, the kick was long enough. It wasn't that it wasn't long enough. The kick, for those of you who didn't see the end of the game, he missed it left. It was cl- very, very close. But the fact remains that if your plan was no matter what else happens, we just need to get to the 46, and I'll kick it from there. I'll take my three uh, timeouts back on the airline to Denver and, and get on with my day and hope that my defense can stop them. Like, that's a terrible plan. So if that really was your plan, that's a terrible plan. I can't imagine that's actually the plan. So in my personal opinion, he made it worse with his explanation. Now, Nathaniel Hackett is Aaron Rodgers' guy. To go back in time, Nathaniel Hackett was hired as the coach by the Denver Broncos, even though they will dispute this, because they thought he would bring Aaron Rodgers with him, that Rodgers would follow him to Denver. That obviously didn't happen. But one way or another... McAfee, who does a very good job with these Aaron Rodgers interviews, asked him about Hackett's decision, and Rodgers defended him. Yeah, he's got real thick skin. I'm not worried about Hackett at all. I, I was texting with him before our game, and then and then uh, during the day yesterday. And I love him. He's a great, great man, great coach. I thought once they took it down, that the right thing to do was the kick. So he's defending the decision. Again, that's his guy, and, and that's fine. Um, you know, I, I, if he was my guy, I would defend him also. But I think he got that just brutally wrong, and I think he, his explanation, as I've said, uh, made it worse. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. The Scoop. The Lions are favored for the first time since November of 2020. Nuno, that's what's going to happen this weekend in the NFL for the first time in a year and a half, regardless of the outcome of the game. The Lions are going to be a favorite. They've been underdogs in 24 straight games. Think about that a minute. The Detroit Lions have been an underdog in 24 straight games. They're currently two-and-a-half-point favorites against Washington. The last time they were favored to win was November 22nd of 2020 when they were a one-point favorite on the road against the Panthers. Parenthetically, they lost that game 20 to nothing. (laughs) What do we think of the Lions? Uh, that was a, a damaging loss or a disappointing loss they had to Carolina the other day because that game went exactly the way. No, no, Carolina lost to Cleveland. Excuse me. Who did they? Oh, to Philadelphia. They lost to the Eagles. Yep. They lost exactly the same way they lost all year last year, right? Fought like crazy. Oh, my God, they're so close. Oh, my God, they're going to win. Oh, my God, they lose by four. Like that was the Lions' entire season. And most of us who were forecasting better things for them figured – the one thing they will get over the offseason is figuring out how to close these games. And they couldn't do it. Now, that loss may, by the end of the year, look pretty good because the Eagles might be a really good team. But I felt bad for the Lions. I really like them. I like their coach. I like what's going on there. I'd like to see them win a few games. Why are you shaking your head like that, Nuno? You don't like them, and you don't like well, him. no, I think – so I was rooting for the Lions to win, obviously because they were playing the Eagles, right? right. And they, they jump out to a quick lead, and they look good in that first drive. But there's two things. One is that for a team that you know wants to bite your kneecaps and all that other mm-hmm. stuff that Dan Campbell says, they got punched in the mouth constantly when they needed to make a stop. The Eagles rushed for over 210 yards uh, that game. Um, and then two, and I think the most important thing and why I think people – I don't buy in the lines and I think some people – Jerry Goff is still their quarterback. Right. So, like, I well, think that's the biggest from, issue. from yeah. being contenders. I'm not saying that. But just to have a markedly – look, this is a team that hasn't been favored in a game in 24 games. It's a season and a half. 
So pretty good accomplishment. Uh, it, it, I'll I take mean, it. It, it's 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 quite the thing. So my point is, it Dan is a Campbell's step forward. back, baby. I, I th- and look, the that Eagles offensive line is going to make a lot of defenses look like that. They're going to run the ball this year. The Eagles are going to be a very tough team to beat because of the way they play. The way they play and they're good at it makes them very tough to beat. No one blows them out. Like the, the, the way you blow a team out is if they're throwing it and the quarterback throws a bunch of picks. And I'm not saying Jalen Hurts isn't, is above that. I'm saying they're not going to play that way. So I think the Eagles are going to be a very tough team to beat this year. Uh, there's also a quick, real quick, a chance that uh, looking at Caesars right now, that spread is down to one and a half. So there's that chance, you know, Does it move if, that much. Yeah, it's, it's moved. Uh, it's moved down to one and a half at this point. But I mean, could it move another two points? To well, where they're not a favorite. And if you're if you're the Commanders, right? Like you are coming off a win, uh, like you're the team that all of a sudden that the that the Lions are favored against. Like that must make you feel uh, warm and fuzzy inside. Well, we'll see. Look, go ahead and prove it. Like, I'm, I'm not interested in hearing how hurt the feelings are of the Washington Commanders. Go out and prove it. They won a nice game last week. Good for them. Wentz was very Wentzian. He had some just hideously awful moments, but found a way to win. Good for them. Let's see what winds up happening there. Um, I think that's a, that's a reason for a game between two teams that, if you're not a particular fan of either one, might otherwise have sounded very uninteresting. I think it's actually a pretty interesting game. With the, with the DAC injury, suddenly the NFC East feels a little more in play. Right, So if the Eagles become the team to beat, and if the Cowboys really do fall off the face of the earth, which I don't, by the way, think they have to, but if they do, then the question, Nuno, is who is it that makes it interesting with Philly this year? Is it your Giants or is it Washington? I think it's Washington because I think the Giants still have ways to go. Um, For the Giants, it's like just beat the, you know, if you want to start people buying in, like win against Carolina at home, you have the Cowboys Monday night at home, like win those games. Maybe people will start feeling like there's something that you can compete for a wild card spot. But I think at the end of the day, it has to be the commanders based upon the fact that Carson wins and what you have on that defense. You have a lot of offensive weapons. Those wide receivers are really good. Um, so I think they would have to be that team. All right, we'll see. It, 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 someone's going to have to make that division interesting. Someone invariably does. We'll see which team it winds up being. All right, before we finish for the day. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Something I just want you to know. So I very much appreciate all the response I got on the stuff that I said in response to uh, Coach Sala of the Jets yesterday. And I want to make clear, for whatever it's worth, my feelings on it. I know that clip, it, it clipped off and it got p- put a lot of different places. So sometimes you don't always hear everything in context. You just hear parts of what I said. And the most important point I want to make here as a fan is that sometimes what I think these guys don't understand is that the relationship we have goes both ways. This is not personal. If I met Robert Sala today, I would shake his hand and say, I'm rooting for you, coach. Please get this thing done. If he didn't want to shake my hand, that'd be okay with me. I don't. I hope he wouldn't feel that way, but at the end of the day, it wouldn't matter. If I met Adam Gase today, I would shake his hand and say, hope you're doing well. Hope the family's well. Now, he may not want to shake my hand either. That's, of course, perfectly up to them. My job is to tell you what I think of things, and if people get mad at me, there are plenty of people in the sports world who don't speak to me over things that I've said over the years, and I have full respect for that. that that's their right. If they don't feel that way, if you don't like what I said, fine. All I want them to do is win. But I think it's important that I point out that this is not personal. This is exclusively about what's happening. So I'm reacting in the moment. I'm reacting to what was said. It's not a personal thing. 
I'm not attacking anybody, and I don't feel attacked. We all have our role to play in this game. It's all a big game we're dealing in here at the end of the day. They're, they have their job to do. I got mine. So we go from there. So in case, you know, because sometimes you hear out of a, whatever it was, a five or six minute conversation, you hear like the most powerful 90 seconds, which I understand. That's what gets clipped off and that's what gets sent out. And that sometimes can create misunderstandings because in the world in which we live today, context is incredibly important. So at the end of the day, I really don't care one way or the other what anybody says. I don't care what the coach of the Jets says or the coach of anybody. Just win games. That's all that matters to me. I've waited a very long time for that. That's what I'd like to see happen. So that's the exclusive, that's the entirety of the thought that I had on all of that yesterday. And I know some people are, they, they get, they take this stuff much too personally for that. Th- that. That's not what it should be. If the coach is mad, he should be mad. If he's mad at me, be mad at me. That's fine. I, I have no idea if he knows who I am, cares who I am, makes no difference one way or the other. Let's go out there and win a game this weekend. I was on with uh, some guys yesterday in Cleveland. I did a bunch of radio hits yesterday in the afternoon, and I was on with the station, and they were talking about the Browns. And they were talking about, you know, who wins that game. And I said, listen, if you're the Browns, you got to worry that that your defense is not going to take the Jets' offense seriously. If you watch the tape of what happened last week with Joe Flacco at quarterback, that's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about what anybody says at any given time. So I appreciate all the kind words, but all of that stuff is nothing. That's just water under the bridge. I just want to see my team win. All right, one thing before we go. Question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. On Twitter, at ESPN Greeny, I asked the question, which of these 0-1 teams with Super Bowl aspirations is actually going to miss the playoffs this year? Only 16% said the Rams. Only 29% said the Bengals. 55% said the Green Bay Packers of Aaron Rodgers. See who's right. I always appreciate the votes. We'll have another question later today. And I'll see you back here tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.